Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first installment of Cats Chronicle, the official podcast of the Houston Sabercats. I'm your host, Cody Davis, and to get you familiar what Cat Chronicles will be, it is a weekly podcast bringing you the most informative and entertaining experience to stay up to date with your Houston Sabercats. Now, as we all know, due to the coronavirus, it's been a long time since we were together at Aviva Stadium as you cheer your beloved Houston Sabercats on the victory. But hopefully this podcast is a way for you guys to get your rugby fix and in the first installment it is my pleasure to announce the president of the houston sabercats jt on what's going on jt not much man just trying to uh stay sane and uh hopefully we can all be back out together again soon yes sir yes sir how you and your family doing during this unfortunate time we're good man the good news is my kids are young enough that uh my four-year-old doesn't really know what's going on. We just told her it's summer break, and that's why she's not at school. And uh, she just loves having mom and dad home. And my six-month-old obviously has no idea what's going on. So it's uh, <laughs> obviously tough times for everybody. But I think, as a lot of people are mentioning, the silver lining is um, spending a lot more time with family, which is always good. Yeah, yeah. I was going to actually get into that because being the president of the Houston Sabercats, this would have been like towards the end of the season, which means you would have been busy from January all the way up until what, the first part of June. So, I mean, the silver lining to all this is you get the opportunity to spend this time with your wife and your kids, which I'm pretty sure that is a blessing that you love through through all this, correct? Oh, it is, you know, and you know, we're still working, obviously. We've still got a lot to get done uh, under just different circumstances, but you're right. You know, it's um, anywhere in the sports world, you know, it's not a nine to five job. And so uh, sometimes that uh, family time does, you know, get sacrificed a little bit, but uh, it's, it is really nice to be able to uh, get work done, but take some breaks throughout the day to spend some time with the kids. And as soon as work's done for the day, jump in the pool with them. And, and it's been great. <laughs> um, before we start, what is one thing you miss most about sports? Man, <laughs> I, know I just it's miss all one. of it. You know, I mean, I miss all of it from, from our standpoint. I miss uh, just the, the fan engagement at the stadium. Um, but just as a sports fan, you know, I've never gone two days without watching sports. And so it's kind of, it's kind of just the general competitiveness, the, the storylines involved. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've taken to watching the challenge on MTV just to watch that competitiveness <laughs> come out. And I don't think that's really sports. So, For me, I actually been getting my sports fixture through the Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Have you seen it, by the way? I have not yet. I, uh, oh, you're missing out. You know, I, I told somebody, I don't care how great he was, I still am not going to watch commercials. So I will watch it. Uh, you know, I'll binge it here, binge it here soon, but I've, I've heard great things. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. But let's get into it. So um, JT, as the president of the Sabercats, unfortunately, as everyone knows, the MLR decided to cancel the entire season of what happened due to the coronavirus. So can you take me and the listeners back to 
what was your original thought leading up to that process? Is this something that was already playing at, at the back of your mind? Because remember, it wasn't until Rudy Gobert, an NBA All-Star center who got diagnosed with this virus, that's when people in other leagues started really taking this virus seriously. So can you just go back to the beginning stages of this and what led up to the cancellation? Yeah, so, um, you know, you bring up Gobert, and, and I was actually at the stadium that night uh, at Aviva Stadium working at a – we had a, a car show going on that night. Yeah, and I, I was there that. by myself up in the uh, the press box area, and my brother sent me a text that said, Gobert has it, they're not playing. You know, they've canceled the game. And and then quickly thereafter, you know, we all remember the, the video of Cuban's face when he got the news that, mm-hmm. that the NBA had, had postponed. And so I knew there – Hey, something's going to happen. Uh, we have to do something as the MLR. We can't be the one uh, that just keeps going through all of it. And so that next day, um, MLR decided let's take a 30-day postponement uh, just because none of us knew, right? We were all um, kind of waiting to see what was going on, if, if the government was going to institute sanctions at that point. Some states that we play in had um, I think Washington had, so Seattle would have been affected, um, Massachusetts, and um, I think those were the two that, that really had already put in those um, those sanctions and the stay home, and uh, maybe not stay home, but at least the no big events. And so we said, let's, let's take a pause, let's see what happens, and we'll put this 30-day notice in. Or, uh, and then, you know, for us, from the Sabercats, it was um, okay, let's Let's wait it out. We actually did not have a home game scheduled in that 30 days. Um, April 11th would have been our first time back, and that was on March 12th that we put that in. So the 31st day was April 11th. So at that point, I was like, hey, this isn't great. Um, we're going to miss some games. We'll have to figure out how to make those up. Um, but from from our standpoint, we won't miss any home games. And then shortly after, obviously, things um, – we realized and we all heard, you know, things are going to get worse before they get better. And there's going to be a lot of stay at home orders. And so the league just decided that, Hey, we've got players that are from all over the world, not with their families right now. Let's get them back to their families, go ahead and cancel the season so that we're not just all sitting here waiting uh, to see what happens when there's bigger things in play than, than playing rugby. So I take it all players who are not from America are back in their home country, correct? Yeah, so what we did, uh, obviously on that I can only speak for our team, but uh, Mm -hmm. we told them right away, you know, hey, if you want to go home, we'll send you home now. Uh, Get home if you can. Um, Or if you want to stay around here for the time being, uh, we still have our team apartments. You can stay here Um, because we didn't know, you know, when the city, the state, the country were going to open back up. Uh, So we still have about 10 players here, um, but, you know, a good amount went back home. How did the teams and the coaches took the news once you told them that the season was going to get canceled? Yeah, so uh, we I didn't get to have that conversation face-to-face with everybody because of basically when it was decided and when it was going to be announced. And we never want our players finding out things from Facebook or social media. So, uh, But when we postponed, uh, we were actually able to get everyone together. And, um, you know, everyone was – was understanding they get it um 
people were, you know, had certain questions about what that was going to mean for the rest of our season um, and all of that. But, you know, for the most part, everyone was like, hey, we were fully on board with the decision. We want to play, but we understand that why we can't. What about for your employees? What's been the most challenging part? Because I, I take it that you actually have your employees working from home, correct? Yeah. So, you know, I think the, the most disappointing part, obviously, is we're all in the live entertainment business. That's why we do this. Mm-hmm. So when when you can't uh, have those that entertainment, when you can't have those games, um, you know, you're losing a lot about what you do. And so that's disappointing. And then just not being together every day. You know, I think a big thing for us is building that culture within the office, within the team. Uh, everyone gets along really well. So, you know, you can do Zoom conferences, you can you can do all that, but there's nothing like, you know, going into someone else's office and having a conversation about something face-to-face. Um, you just can't replicate that 100% uh, at home. Yeah, most definitely. But on the other side of the break, you know, enough of this whole coronavirus talk. We hear enough of that, too much of it. But we're actually going to get to know the president. Who is JT and how did he become the president of the Houston Sabercats? All that and more on the other side of the break. The Houston Sabercats would like to send an exclusive thank you to Aviva for being the proud sponsor of the Houston Sabercats. Aviva, the world's leading provider of engineering and industrial software. So, JT, can you tell me and break down or just take me through the journey of how you became the president of the Houston Sabercats, where you was before this, and what led to your decision to say, you know what, not only do I want to be a president of a rugby team, but I want to be a part of something, building it from the ground up. Yeah, so before this, I've always worked in baseball. Um, I graduated college in 2008, and since then, I had worked in minor league baseball, um, starting in California with a San Diego Padres affiliate in Lake Elsinore, California. Uh, I worked my way up there from intern uh, to assistant GM in five years, and then moved here um, to Sugarland, Texas, where I was the assistant GM of the Sugarland Skeeters and uh, was there for a couple of years. And after that, I got an opportunity to become the general manager of a team uh, up in the Dallas area, the Texas Air Hogs, which is an independent league baseball team. And, you know, it's something I'd always wanted to do, kind of be a, a GM by the time I was 30. And so that happened right before I was 30, which, um, you know, I just couldn't pass that up. So we were up there for a few years and uh, started to grow my family. So had a daughter four years ago, right before we left Sugarland. And, uh, you know, the, the baseball season is long. The baseball season, uh, there's nothing like a minor league baseball season. And I loved it. I love exactly, you know, love everything I do. Uh, but, you know, sometimes opportunity knocks, right? And so I got mm-hmm. a call um, from the Sabercats ownership group they because the, the team had played some games at Constellation Field uh, in the first couple of seasons. Uh, they knew people that I knew, and so we were connected that way. And, uh, man, it just seemed like a, a great opportunity, um, both professionally and personally for me. You know, my wife is from the Houston area. She's from Katy. So to get her back here um, to try something new, 
to to run a major league team. I'd always been in the minor leagues before, um, and, and really just to prove to myself and uh, maybe to some others that minor league people can do major league jobs, and mm-hmm. and there's there's no difference between. Uh, the minor league level and the major league level in terms of back office business. Uh, most of it's the same. Hmm. Can you go a little bit in depth of what you mean by to prove to yourself that minor league people can do a major league job? Is it, have you experienced a big difference in what you did with the minor league baseball team versus what you're doing with the Houston Sabercats? Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, you know, all sports, all live entertainment, it's all the the bones of it and the structure is the same, right? We're here to to sell tickets, put butts in seats. Uh, along with that comes sponsorship revenue. Along with that comes concessions revenue and, uh, you know, and bigger things from there. But, you know, those, those kind of blocking and tackling uh, mm-hmm. drills and, and skills, it's all the same. Um, obviously, when you're a major league team, it's just on a bigger scale um, with with other challenges and, and maybe a, you know, a bigger TV partnership, you know, better TV uh, exposure, better exposure just naturally throughout your your market. Um, but, you know, I think something that just grew, coming up in the minor leagues, I would always see that we would do promotions and, you know, it'd be fans would like it other teams would would be interested they start doing you know minor league teams would start doing the same promotions um but not you don't get talked about nationally and then all of a sudden you know an nfl team brings in the cowboy monkey rodeo and it's like make sports center and it goes everywhere or major league baseball teams start doing star wars night and they get all this this credit for it well the reality is that stuff has been going on in the minor leagues for years, you know, because we have to, you know, we have to have that affordable family fun aspect of it. And we had to do things different because the, uh, if you wanted the best baseball in this example, you would go watch major league baseball. But if you want the family fun entertainment value, you go down to a minor league game where it's more than just a game. And so I think bringing a lot of those elements, um, of the minor league game to here to rugby to a major league level is something that I've wanted to do. So that's the reason why when you go to a Sabercats match, it's more than just the game with inflatables, fireworks, or laser shows, or whatever the case might be, and even pre and post game concerts. That's the goal you are looking to bring that family fun feel at Aviva Stadium. Exactly. You know, it's a it's a night out. It's it's not about rugby. To some people, it is right. To a large mm-hmm. portion of our fans, it's about uh, who's going to win um, on the field. But for others and for future fans, and how we're going to grow and get new fans to love rugby, is bringing them out for some other reason. So whether that's because um, their kid is being honored ahead of time for being an outstanding student um, at their school, or you know they really want to see the laser show after the game, which we have sometimes our fireworks or face painters. So it's to bring new people out for those elements so that they can fall in love with rugby. But then also, so when they're there, if let's say mom loves rugby 
and she's been a rugby fan forever. Uh, you know, she can get the kids to come with her. She can get her husband to come with her because the kids can go run around, jump on the inflatables, um, get their face painted and make their own sign. You know, dad can go hang out by the bar um, and, you know, and, and have entertainment that way. And she can watch rugby and it's a small, it's a safe environment. Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff comes just with, with the minor league aspect and building the event, not just the game. Mm. Gotcha. So before you became the president of the Sabercats, have you, did you get a chance to attend a Sabercats game be- beforehand? Before I started working, I did. Yes. So mm-hmm. I started, um, I started with a team June 1st of 2019, which seems like sometimes two months ago and sometimes three years ago, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, especially now with what we're going through. But uh, after I had accepted the job, we still had a few games left in the 2019 season. So I was able to, to catch one game at Dyer Stadium and mm-hmm. then two games at Aviva Stadium. Uh, as the season was winding down before I'd officially had my first day of work. <laughs> Did you think you, you mentioned your very first game was when the team was still playing at Dyer stadium at that time, seeing where the Sabercast was, <laughs> did you ever think to yourself, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was actually that game that, um, uh, the team had played at the Viva stadium before mm-hmm. and then had to go back um, and play one last game at Dyer. Mm, uh, gotcha. So obviously being kind of an insider, I, I knew all the, what had gone into it and why that game was played at Dyer. Uh, but man, honestly, what I saw there was, Hey, this is a, a fast paced sport that it was really my first interaction with live rugby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fast paced sport. It looked like something that, um, that I think the American sports fan could really get behind. So really after leaving that first game, um, I was really encouraged even more so uh, seeing kind of what the sport itself was and how we can build around the play on the field and then build that event from there. So JT, tell me, what has been the most challenging part about building this team from when you first saw it at Dyer Stadium to where it is now at Aviva, in which you have implemented a lot of family fun entertainment for your fans that goes well beyond the game? Yeah, well, you know, the the challenge is what the challenge always is uh, when you're not a one of the big four major league teams, you know, and uh, that's why I, I, I draw a lot of comparisons to minor league baseball in that we are a major league team here, but we don't have the budget, you know, that the Astros and the Texans and the Rockets do. So we have to fight for every fan and we can't do that by just going out and spending, you know, a million dollars on, on ads. Mm -hmm. So the challenge always is, is how can you effectively get to people uh, and make them aware of what we do and not only make them aware, but then make them interested in what we do. And so, uh, that's always a challenge. I think it, it's going to grow um, both by us continuing to get into the community um, and then also just by um, executing correctly on our game day experience. And so we can grow by word of mouth because, you know, not only is that the most efficient way a lot of times, but word of mouth advertising is pretty cheap. You know, it, it costs <laughs> me nothing 
uh, to if a fan that comes out tells another fan about what a great time they had and, hey, you should come with me next time. Uh, so it's always a challenge. I think it's something that um, keeps a lot of people up at night across sports uh, and, you know, probably even in the in the big four. Um, but, you know, it's it's just a constant challenge of how do you get people out to your games without spending tons of money on advertising. The Houston Sabercats would like to thank ACU of Texas, Anglia Homes, Buffalo Specialties, Houston Pool Renovations, Hugh O'Connors, Carbach Brewing, Killam Pest Control, Massaging Moments, Mustang Cat, Pamela Printing, Tough Mutter, Baylor Sports Medicine, and Pepsi for being proud partners of the Houston Sabercats. So although 2020 has not gone the way we all has expected it, what are some of the things you and the team has have been doing to, you know, keep the fan engaged with the Sabercats this, this year? Yeah, so and that starts really um, above us at, at the league level too, mm-hmm. where right, you know, right when we had to, to cancel the season, uh, George Kilbrew, our commissioner in the league office, said, hey, let's, keep the fans going. Let's play virtual rugby on Twitch. So, you know, the video game, we'll, we'll play a video game, rugby 20. <laughs> rugby and 20. Each team. Yep. And uh, each team will be a, randomly assigned a country to play as uh, in the game. And we'll have a kind of a, a quick regular season, if you call it that, and then some playoffs. And fans can watch, fans can donate to Feeding America. And it'll be great. And, you know, I, to be honest, I had doubts about it at first, but it was great. And mm. so we had 1.2 million viewers uh, throughout the couple of weeks, uh, throughout all the games. And we were able to help raise $10,000 for Feeding America, which is great. And got some real positive feedback on that um, across the board. So then as a team, we have started doing um, – a couple of similar things where we'll have our guys play call of duty on our, our Facebook live. Um, so fans can watch that. We did a trivia night where Sam Windsor hosted on Twitch, a, um, a trivia night players from other teams in the league. And also um, Justin Reed from the Houston Texans oh. and uh, an international rugby player as well. So we helped, we partnered there with uh, kids meals, Houston, and the day we did that, Kids Meals Houston raised over five thousand dollars in there oh, wow. you know, for them. So, um, you know, that was helpful, you know, for them obviously, and great for us to kind of stay engaged and keep content to fans. We've been doing a lot of kind of day in the life of our players mm-hmm. on our Instagram Live, where we'll let them take over Instagram for a day, so that our fans can see just the different routines players have, whether it's Max Tackett took the fans on a horseback ride, you know, and uh, I think Devette and Luke played golf and, and did some stuff on there and cooking with Diego Magno and his wife and you know, just a really cool kind of mix um, of, of different things that fans, you don't get to see a lot of the, you know, who are these players? And, you know, that's positive for us because we want them to connect with the players. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out not only to watch rugby, not only for that family experience, but because they have a true connection with, with one of the players on the team. 
um, because they learned something about him watching our Instagram live. And it's, you know, it's a hobby they have, or it's a, a passion that they have. So, you know, we're going to continue to put out content for fans just to keep them engaged throughout the off season. We know it's going to be a long off season, um, but you know, it's, uh, it's happening. So we have mm-hmm. to kind of just deal with it and make the best of it. So we'll continue to do that. And as soon as we can start having events again at Aviva Stadium, we'll start having events again at Aviva Stadium. And, um, you know, that'll, that'll run the gamut from rugby to like we had last year, the Big Bounce America. Cool. You know, the virtual MLR, I actually had an opportunity to watch some of it. And JT, I don't know about you, but I do believe that the NBA and the NFL stole that idea from the MLR because <laughs> – after it it posted and we have numbers to back it up 1.2 million million people tuned in and watched this right after that aired about two three weeks later all of a sudden here come a 2k virtual league here come a, a madden nfl virtual league so jt i'm pretty sure that popped in your mind like hmm i, I wonder if adam silver or roger cadell actually you know, peek their head into seeing what the MLR is doing and actually stole some idea. That never crossed your mind. <laughs> uh, I don't know about steal. Like it's all in, it's all in the zeitgeist of, of what can we do? And we're all bred from the same, same cloth of, you know, how can we keep our fans engaged? But yeah, do we, you know, maybe they stole it, maybe not, but it goes back to what I said about, you know, being in minor league baseball forever. I'm so used to that where it's, you know, we do stuff and get some credit for it, but then, you know, one of the big leagues does it and, and it blows up. And, <laughs> hey, if if we were a part of them making that decision that they should do it, uh, then great. Um, if we just had the same great idea as they did and, and we were able to move faster on it, also great. Before we get out of here, is there anything you would like to share about how the Sabercats and the MLR are planning to move forward ahead of the 2021 season? Yeah, you know, like it, it is a long off season, but uh, there is a lot of stuff in store for 2021 now as we look forward. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is two brand new teams to, to the MLR, which will be in Dallas and L.A., uh, no names yet on those teams yet, but that mm-hmm. should be coming out soon. I would, I would assume, I, I don't know, but um, you know, as they build up uh, the excitement in their respective cities and then, you know, to help grow the game within America and uh, to get the pipeline even stronger, we do have a draft coming up, uh, an amateur draft um, in June. And so that'll be the first of its kind that we, that we've done. Uh, not really a, um, traditional rugby thing, but obviously a very traditional American sports type of thing. So look for that um, coming in in mid June, and uh, some new teams, which is great for us with Dallas. You know, create one more one more addition to the Texas Cup, uh, and another <laughs> very close rival that we can have and we can have some fun with. Well, I'm gonna need you to make sure you tell your players. I don't care who you lose to. You cannot, as a Houston professional sport franchise, you cannot lose to a Dallas team. It's like that in football, basketball, baseball, and it better be like that in rugby too. Hey, that's the plan. 
<laughs> and I'm going to hold you to it as well. It's been fun talking with you, JT, and thank you so much for being the first guest on Cat Chronicles, and I look forward to speaking to you again. Hey, thanks, Cody. Looking forward to, uh, to getting back to Aviva Stadium. Thank <laughs> you.